This episode of Shaking Spears was sponsored in part by the UJ Student Marketing Department. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Right. So, hey, I was checking out just quickly now as well. That's so interesting because I had always pinned Iago's age, even the way he sells it, mm. to Rodrigo. And maybe because maybe I'd read it somewhere at the time or anything like because some people have suggested that he's intentionally deceiving about his age as well, right? But then there's this <laughs> there's a whole story of like older actors having played Iago that have either Ask for the line to be cut. <laughs> or there's some people actually have changed it. Changed the mouth. <laughs> and then and then some of them play into the notion of like, well, if I have to say that line, then I, we're just assuming that he's lying about his age. And I guess the the thing for me that it made sense was that he is like um because he's the standard bearer for Othello that I always assumed it was because he was not as capable to be a leader. And I'd never assumed that was because of age. And yeah. being too young to be a leader, I always assumed it was because he was too old and that there were younger guys that were sort of, but I see actually that's completely like the wrong, well, according to the, text, so. the wrong reading of yeah. it. Because then it is, I don't think so, because during the time, 28 old. more deserving. That's why you can see how he's really like, there's no way Cassio should be getting this job. I am literally the dude, you know. I am so in line here for this gig. And then he gets some, um, and then it would make sense as well about like Othello pipping him for his wife and because there's probably a younger relationship there. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I didn't pick that up at all. Well done for actually reading the lines, Dwayne. <laughs> Also, like it raises. This is something I remembered because I turned thirty when I when I got the role. Uh, like, nice. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's also possibly like that question of what if Iago is a victim of his own competence, like in terms because a standard bearer is generally a point of rallying, a point of morale. Sometimes they would carry signal flags for uh, yeah. troop movements, etc., etc. And yeah. what if it's a case of? Oh, I know that we should be promoting you from assistant manager to uh, head of the branch, but you're so good at being the assistant manager that we just re we really can't see how the whole place runs without you. So you stay there and we're bringing in someone from Kansas to be the new head of branch. And, you know, Iago's saying, sitting there going, what the hell, guys? I'm right here and I'm ready to move on. And then that breeds... Obviously, this is all spitballing. This is all speculation. But the idea of Iago as a middle manager stuck in that role in a fast food chain and not ever given his own franchise, it's just hilarious to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, we have a couple of questions left to go. So not actually that much. And the next one that I wanted to ask, and it's a particularly a performance one, and then afterwards, uh, Claire can hop in with her approach to it uh, from a director's perspective. But 
How hard are the switches between the public Iago, or rather I should say the public Iago's, because as we've discussed, he has a different face for each person that he speaks to. How hard are the switches between the public Iago's and the private Iago? And uh, by the private Iago, I mean the soliloquies to the audience. And then as a further little touch, do you even believe that those soliloquies are honest? Um, or is that just another false face that we're seeing um, as Iago brings another set of people into his confidence um, as he goes forward? Dwayne, your thoughts, please. Oh, man, why are you starting with me? <laughs> I started with Ian last time, so now it's your turn. Well, obviously, I mean, in terms of actual performance, the switching is challenging i guess it's not i mean you you're interacting with every character individually different from so i mean it's not like you're playing yaga one way when you're talking to the other characters you're you're mm-hmm. playing in multiple ways when you're talking to different characters so he has a different personality for if he's talking to cassio or if he's talking to rodrigo or if he's talking to othello or you know and it changes throughout um and it's the same i think for me with the audience so i think he switches between them quite easily as Iago. So the idea is to make it as seamless and as easy for yourself as possible. And that's just about doing the work beforehand, figuring out the relationships and how you want to play them and how you want to get towards your or Iago's objective, yeah. whatever that may be, however he wants to manipulate the person he's talking to. Um, I think that's it, Irene. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Moving over to you. Yeah, I'm with Dwayne as well. Definitely, obviously, that's a challenging aspect of this character that you have to target almost immediately because you know that this is what's going. To, this is what drives the story. The fact that he has to um, constantly be turning it on and differently depending on who he's doing. You know, who he's um, uh, interacting with. But I mean, I'm going to be quite straight up. Like, I went with a very simple reading of it that was literally just the idea of it's i mean it's 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 an essential blocking thing as well like you can't have you can't have iago saying thus do i ever make my fool my purse to rodrigo right <laughs> i mean even rodrigo's not that uh-huh, i've stolen your money <laughs> so it was as simple as like a back turn like the blocking of saying like he's facing away which is the opportunity for him to be open to the audience and the minute he comes back in and it was and i I literally, those moments, even if they weren't a direct blocking of like turning your back on someone, in my mind, that was what I was seeing. You're turning your back. It was the mask on, mask off thing, you know? And I like literally, I didn't try to do anything more complicated than just have that as like a a physical image in my mind that just said, your back is turned and now you're facing them. Your back is turned and now you're facing them. So if if it has to happen mid-scene, you know, so that he's in and out in a scene. It does, in the arrival to Cyprus. It's like, you know, I think move it's cool to have just a very simple anchor, and then you can, you know, you can flesh that mm-hmm. up later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there are quite a number of points where it's actually written in. Like, a classic example is, is, is the arrival scene, the arrival in Cyprus, when he is, you know, oh, you are well-tuned now, yeah. but I'll sit down. And th- that was always such a scene to play on stage because we would be able to come right down to the audience and we would be able to like sit with them and commentate on the whole scene we became this commentator look what he's doing 
and we were right there with the audience and that was the clearest back turning moment for me and 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 that and and then anywhere else that it had to happen and then there are literally the moments of like him exiting and rodrigo arriving and catching him and that is quite a literal about face you yeah. know so it was the yeah. physical one but it was always there in my mind that that's what was happening the whole time is that he was exiting and then being pulled back in and the whole time and that and that moment of turning around was when he was able to put on the mask you know yeah <clears throat> yeah um incidentally that little bit as cassio trying to time it when certainly yagos over the years have not delivered their lines in a consistent and even manner and while you also have claire and whoever is currently playing desdemona going on with like oh i need to go around to the shops tomorrow um actually we're almost you know we're almost out of milk or whatever it is that they're saying to me and i'm trying to listen for and once again your three fingers to your lips etc yeah not my best moment uh, in the play but claire um, would you like to speak to uh, what Dwayne and Ian have just been discussing? I, I think they've really covered it. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a kind of, you said you could do it when you wrote in. You know, if you're going to take on a role like Iago, you need to be aware that you're not just playing one consistent character throughout. And I think that makes it delicious to play, actually. Um, but uh, a very good point that Ian raises, too, about just generally, just something as simple as physical blocking. Um, mm. is, is It really does um, help. You know, and it's quite difficult on the other side of the desk when you're faced with those kinds of scenes, the kind of asides to make it believable that the other people can't hear what that person is saying. Um, it, is a, it is a challenge and um, you've got to just do the best you can to help your actors there as well. Because like you say, you can't, they can't for one minute feel as though they're speaking in the presence of other people. So it's, it's a combination, it's a mixture of, of your skill as a performer and also very simply where are the other people? Where am I? What is my relationship with them? Can I go down into the audience? Can I sit in the audience? How far can we take this? Um, yeah. You know, to, to make those masks clear um, every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all. Music by Midair Machine. Used under license CCBY-SA 4.0. For further information or bookings, Contact Doreen at thinktheatre.co.za. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined.